0: Welcome to biohacking with Brittany. Thank you for joining me and welcome to the big, large, fun birthday giveaway that I am doing. So it just launched today and you can win so many good things. So I split this giveaway up into two prize boxes. So today is the first day that the first box is released and is up for grabs and then tomorrow the second box will be released which has completely different products in it and each of these days features seven different brands in the health and wellness space and you will be able to win all of the products and I will actually be sending the box to you directly myself so this is open to everybody I'm really excited about this I wanted to do something fun for my birthday this year I wanted to do something for my audience in general. And so I kind of decided to do kind of like a similar to my Christmas giveaway that I do, but a little different. So this is just two different prizes. And the way that you enter is through the link in my bio on Instagram, on TikTok. It's being sent out on my newsletter. It's on my website, and it'll be in the show notes with this. And that is the only way to enter this time. Not through social media, not through tagging people or anything like that. It is solely through that link. And once you go into that link, you'll see extra ways to add in entries, which is really fun. So if you share it, you can add a bunch of entries. If you do follow certain people, you can add entries and that type of thing. It's all in one place. And when you enter, you actually enter for both days. So you will win either the day one box or the day two box, prize box. And so yeah, good luck to everybody. It's honestly, it's a really large giveaway. So each day, each prize box is valued at about 2,200 USD each. So, and that includes a bunch of different products. So the one that got released today, because today is day one, is the one that features products from Timeline Nutrition, which I'm going to talk about. Glycanage, Kineon or Kynon, Bioptimizers, Sensate, Rolon, and Zero App. And every day you're going to hear me talk about a different brand on the podcast and in my newsletter and on my blog. So I'm going to kind of go through the products. I'm going to explain them to you. I'm going to tell you what you can win exactly from each. And yeah, I really, really suggest you enter because honestly, this is such a good way to win and try a bunch of different biohacking and health and wellness products that you might not have even heard of, or you've always wanted to try, but have always kind of been like maybe too expensive or you, I don't know, maybe you just didn't justify buying it, but this way you get to win. And so you actually would win from seven different products seven and seven different brands. So it's, it's pretty cool. So go check it out. It is live now. I am expecting a lot of people to enter, which I think is going to be really fun. And I, the best part is honestly about these giveaways is like, I get to tell the person and I get to send them this box of goodies and these two people that are going to win. And it's really, it's just so nice. It's so nice to be able to give stuff away, to be honest. And then they always message me on Instagram where send me an email and they're so thankful and they're so excited. And so I just, I just really love being able to do that. It's really special. I really encourage you to enter. Like I said, it's super easy through the link. And today we are featuring Timeline Nutrition and you're going to hear my interview with their team. So Timeline Nutrition is in the prize box for the first day and I love their berry powder. I add it to my yogurt with homemade granola, and it's really good. So it has a compound in it called urolithin A that is super great for the mitochondria in our cells, and it's really great for energy and longevity. So it's definitely one of these longevity supplements. A lot of big people really talk about timeline nutrition now, Dave Asprey and people like that. And It's definitely making waves, I would say, in the longevity space, which is why I wanted to include them in the giveaway because longevity in itself is becoming such a hot topic. There's so many people interested in it. And I just love being able to provide something that can really benefit from everybody and benefit everybody. And they actually just came out with a line of skincare as well, which is really cool. So, A lot of athletes love timeline nutrition for the energy, the strength, the endurance, just kind of optimizing all of that. And again, just this urolithin A, that this new molecule that they found that a lot of people are lacking, which is leading to different age-related issues, kind of like I just talked about. So you're going to hear all about this in this podcast today. Enjoy it. And if you do want to try Timeline Nutrition outside of just entering my giveaway, you can do that. I will also put that link in the show notes and it's on my blog post that just came out today as well. And my discount code is biohackingbrittany with Timeline Nutrition if you want to enter it and and check it out. So they have the two different powders. They have the berry powder, the ginger powder. They have the capsules of the supplement. And then they also have the skincare line. So it's really exciting. They're doing a lot of good stuff. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting them at the biohacking conference in June, which was really cool to be able to put a face to a name. And I just really enjoyed it. So like I said, I really am so excited to be able to provide this giveaway for you. Again, you could win $2,200 worth of prizes in one of the boxes each, right? So it's almost 4,500 USD in total that you could win a biohacking gear. And who doesn't want to win all of that? I know I do. (laughs) So enjoy this podcast episode and stay tuned for another one coming tomorrow. It's going to be an episode released every day for the next 12 days. So enjoy these little snippets and info on all of my favorite biohacking products and everything that I honestly use every day. Welcome to biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening this week. This is a episode dedicated to the large (laughs) and in charge giveaway that I am doing at the end of August for my birthday. So I'm doing a two day giveaway. It is going to be a bunch of different products in the biohacking and health optimization space that I am giving away to one lucky winner and please enter if you have not entered or get ready to enter. Depends when this comes out. But today we are talking about mitochondria. We're talking about timeline nutrition. One of my favorite supplements that I've actually been using for quite a while now might even be, might even be a year. I don't know, but it's definitely quite a while. So we're going to be exploring mitopure by timeline nutrition, which is a revolutionary postbiotic nutrient that has shown promise in re-energizing our cells and combating age-related cellular decline. Dr. Emily Warner is joining us to talk about all things mitochondria. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am so excited that you are here. So for people who have never heard about MitoPure at all, how do you begin to explain this?
1: It's a bit of a complicated story, but I usually start by asking if someone knows what mitochondria are or have heard of them. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I would say like, honestly, 90 plus percent of people can pull from the depths of their brain to their high school biology class where they, the classic like mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell phrase. So I can start there and I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? The powerhouse? Does that mean they are strength, they are muscle or whatever, which they obviously have a role in both of those things. But I try to reeducate people that the mitochondria are where 90% of our body's energy are made, right? So they are the primary site of this kind of metabolic flexibility idea because they metabolize every macronutrient substrate that we put into our body. So when it comes to how do we keep this powerhouse, the house that creates the power, how do we optimize it and keep it as healthy as we can for as long as we can? Because the research shows that the mitochondria kind of like optimize in our, I'm going to say 20s to 30s. And then past that point, if you're not doing anything to help sustain the health of your mitochondria, they just kind of slowly decline with age and with stress and with a lot of the just kind of turmoil that we put our bodies through. So that's where optimizing them comes in, like taking different approaches, whether it be through diet, like supplements, or just general healthy eating patterns, exercise has been shown to be one of the most beneficial ways to keep your mitochondria healthy. And then that's where mitopure comes in. And I don't, do you want me to get into all of like, <laughs> what is your a mitopure and all that?
0: Yeah. I think we can just like focus on the mitochondria first. Cause I, I think what you said is so true. A lot of people just know it as like this cellular powerhouse, but like, how does it actually generate energy for our cells? And like what, I mean, we can get into like how it declines over time, but like, how does it actually work? Like, even though we might understand that, what is like, do you know the mechanism behind it?
1: Yeah. So the mitochondria are the site in which like I kind of said, all of the macronutrients we take in, so whether it be carbohydrate, fat, or protein, each of those nutrients in a way passes through the mitochondria and is transformed into adenosine triphosphate, which is ATP, our energy currency. And there's really no way to (laughs) explain in full detail on this kind of a podcast what that really takes because there's like so many different steps and processes. There's different kind of pathways through which we create ATP. And it also depends on which substrate is our starting fuel. And so there's kind of a lot that goes into it. But the way the mitochondria come into play is that they are the location of where this is happening. So they house the machinery that are necessary to convert the macronutrients into energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's like a perfect way to describe it. A perfect overview. Obviously it's like much easier to describe if there's like a graphic or like a kind of diaphragm or something like that we can look at and understand it. But I think that makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, mitochondria, like you said, kind of declines as we get older and it's kind of, it's kind of hard when you hear that, you know, because obviously age is nothing that we can really do anything about. Obviously, time is going to just like continue to go on. But what can we do, I guess, to really support our mitochondria as we get older? So maybe it, it somewhat kind of functions like it does in our twenties.
1: Yeah. So the the ways in which our mitochondria are affected, there's kind of there's modifiable factors and there's non-modifiable. So the non-modifiables mm-hmm. are like. You know, our sex, our aging, our genetics, like those kinds of things, right? The modifiables are where we can kind of, where we can actually have quite a big impact. And that's where diet and exercise come into play. So when it comes to exercise, there is decades of research showing the benefits of specifically cardiovascular and more like endurance style exercise on mitochondrial biogenesis. So A piece that I didn't really get into was this kind of life cycle of a mitochondria. And within it, if I'm going to kind of reduce it as much as I can, there's four ish steps. And essentially, what happens is as the body ages and incurs stress, the mitochondria make a decision of okay, are we healthy enough to continue functioning as is? Do we need to break apart and combine with other? broken pieces of dysfunctional mitochondria to create a new mitochondria so that we can function better? Or do we need to break apart and be taken away as waste? And so all of those pieces, if your audience has heard of fission, fusion, biogenesis, and mitophagy, those are kind of the four pieces of it. So fission is that kind of quality control mechanism of do we break apart or not? And if we do, what happens next? Fusion is exactly like it sounds. It's the fusing of multiple dysfunctional mitochondria to create new mitochondria, which is the biogenesis piece. So genesis is to create. And then mitophagy is that clearing out of the waste. So if a mitochondria goes through fission and there isn't enough functional pieces of it left. What needs to happen is that waste needs to be removed because otherwise, if the dysfunctional mitochondria just sit around, it actually can cause damage to the mitochondrial DNA, increased reactive oxygen species production, just like a whole lot of cellular bad things. So we need that clearance process.
0: Yeah. So in terms of that, like that's what where your product kind of comes in, right? It kind of like helps with that cleanup process. Exactly.
1: So what our researchers found was this really amazing nutrient in pomegranates that they figured out triggers this mitophagy process. And a lot of the thinking behind current research on diet and exercise for mitochondrial health is either in the biogenesis piece or it's in the mitophagy piece. So when we when our researchers found this nutrient that can trigger mitophagy it does it in the same way that the thought of intermittent fasting and exercise can trigger mitophagy so it's been the first bioactive nutrient that's been able that's been shown to do this
0: yeah yeah that's so exciting it's so interesting how many products and supplements and all sorts of things are really coming out now focused on longevity and like keeping cellular function, like optimal cellular function for longer seems to be such a hot topic for the last few years. And it's really encouraging, right? Because I mean, obviously I don't think taking a supplement is like a band-aid to anything. I still think, like you said, like you have to exercise, you have to eat right. There's like all these lifestyle practices but it is exciting that we can kind of reduce it to this one ingredient like urolithin A that could really be impactful on a cellular level. So yeah, I'm just excited for it. And do you find like the people who, I guess maybe you have a few like target audiences, but one of them is like very concerned about aging and just wants to function better. And maybe they're a bit older.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a lot of those who have been interested in might appear But we also get plenty of interest from those who are young and just trying to stay young, quote unquote, young for longer. And there's also a lot of interest from athletes because the mitochondria have such a huge role in muscular health. So if we can keep the mitochondria healthy for longer, we have research that shows we can improve muscular endurance and muscular strength. Definitely a lot of interest from multiple populations, but it's really when (laughs) I get asked all the time, you know, who is might appear for who can benefit from might appear. And I'm like, well, anybody who has mitochondria can benefit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting about the muscle. Like I was actually just talking to my husband about this. Like I really struggle to put muscle on and he puts muscle on very easily, but he loses muscle very easily as well. And so it's just so interesting. And I wonder how, Taking an ingredient like this, if we both were to take it, say for a year or six months, something like that, like I wonder the difference if it would like really help me put on muscle or if it would just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like rambling here, but I just know that I struggle to actually put on muscle and strength. And so I just wonder if this is the type of thing that I should be taking daily.
1: No, I totally get you. And my, I'm a sports dietitian by trade. So that's totally my realm. It- I would be interested to hear a side by side comparison of yours and your husband's experience with Might appear, but you know it's one of those. It's a supplement that most people who anecdotally report how they feel. We have had people say that they their workouts are better. They can you know they can go longer per workout or they recover faster between workouts. And so I think from that aspect, there could definitely be an impact on gaining muscle or maintaining muscle for that reason it's not going to be something that's it's not protein right so it's not well we actually i mean we do have a protein (laughs) included version like protein plus might appear but you know the protein is actually what's adding the nutrients what's adding the substrate necessary to build muscle but whether your mitochondria are high functioning definitely plays a role in how well your body is just going to process things in general
0: Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because I feel like when I think about my supplement stack, I don't actually take a lot of things that are geared specifically towards mitochondria. The one thing I do take is like CoQ10 and I I take the ubiquinol uh, form of it. And I know that has an impact on mitochondria. So like, I don't know if you know anything about that, but how do you think that that might compare to something like urolithin A?
1: So I do, I actually just recently did a few talks kind of comparing urolithin a and CoQ10. Okay. So a few deep (laughs) dives into the research later. So what we know about CoQ10 are a few things. Number one, its bioavailability is tough. It's low. uh, The ubiquitin form is definitely the most bioavailable, but where the research still is lagging and is What's the right dosage for certain effects? So there's a good recent meta-analysis that basically concluded like two to three hundred milligrams of coq ten per day is what current research says is the best for like the anti-inflammatory effects that coq ten can have. But as far as you know, performance or anything specifically related to the mitochondria, the jury's still out on it. As as far as how CoQ10 benefits the mitochondria or functions with the mitochondria, it actually isn't affecting the mitochondria organelle itself. So CoQ10 is, it's shuttling electrons within the energy chain. So it's kind of like helping the mitochondria do their job better, but it's not doing anything to improve the lifespan of a mitochondria. So if you think about it like a car, like if if your mitochondria are a car and you're putting miles and miles on it and then you, you know, go and get it detailed. Yeah, it's going to look nicer and it might function better because it's all cleaned out and you've cleaned out the air ducts and you've done all the things, you know, that's CoQ10. It's like it's kind of cleaning up what you already have. But No matter what, that car is going to continue to accrue miles. And at some point you are going to need to replace that car. And that's where your lithin A comes in because CoQ10 won't replace the car, but your lithin A will. So it'll clears out that recycled, that that needs to be recycled waste to make room for biogenesis, which is like new, fresh mitochondria that are higher functioning. So CoQ10 is just kind of like polishing up what already exists, which is definitely can be beneficial. There's no denying that helping them function better is great. But when you get to a certain point of function of a mitochondria or dysfunction for that matter, CoQ10, it's like putting lipstick on a pig.
0: That is very helpful to know, actually, because I didn't realize that. And the reason I bring it up is so many women get recommended CoQ10 for egg quality and fertility and preconception and everything like that. And that's kind of the stage that I'm in right now. So I'm taking a few different supplements from a company called Needed that specializes in that those types of phases in a woman's life. And it's interesting because the, as I'm sure you know, the eggs have, or the cells before the eggs, I guess, have the most mitochondria in them in the human body. I think it's like 100,000 mitochondria per cell. And so it actually makes a difference when we look at mitochondria from a reproductive standpoint for women and so i'm sure that your your a can actually really help women as well in in this kind of realm
1: i mean theoretically yes i have to be careful because i know since we don't have research in either pregnant or planning to be pregnant populations i from a just safety blanket i want to make sure to mention that but in in the same way that i would say people under 18 shouldn't necessarily consume this because we just don't know. We haven't done the research. And that's just the kind of practitioner that I am. But it, from a theoretical standpoint, yeah, absolutely. If I were in your position, I would very strongly consider your A. You know, at the end of the day, because it's NSF certified, we do know that it is a safe product. And what is on the label is actually in the bottle, in the powder, whatever. So, and that's why I use it with the athletes that I work with. You know, at baseline, we know it's safe. And then efficacy beyond that, we know it's efficacious in very specific scenarios based off of the research that we've done in those scenarios. And then you just have to make the decision to extrapolate that out to your certain situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like the field of reproductive longevity is growing and there's a lot of people who are very interested in it for many different reasons, like we don't have to get into, but it is really like, exciting when we can see an ingredient like this that comes out that says, Hey, like this might be able to help you, you know? And, and a lot of women actually really do need that support from a cellular level for sure. So are you planning to do any research in that realm in the future? Or is that like something you may explore?
1: I'm not sure. That would be a question for our chief medical officer. You know, I know that one thing we don't want to do is ever become a drug. You know, it's just not it's not something it's not an area that we want to go down. And so that kind of has some implications for what types of quote unquote clinical populations that we attempt to do research in. I'm not saying it's it's against the the possibilities or the hopes of what we have for might appear being just an overall holistic longevity, you know, healthy nutrient, but whether or not we are able to utilize research funds to work in that specific population, I just don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. So other than like reproductive longevity, and just maybe longevity and athletes as well, what other benefits could people potentially get from this? Maybe just for the average person, if they were to take it daily for a few months, maybe a year or something like that.
1: So for the average person, I would just say it kind of depends on what ails them at the time. For a lot of people, it is fatigue, whether that be like clinically diagnosed chronic fatigue or just subjective fatigue. I think that that's been one of the most common like feedback that we get from people who try and myself included, when I first started taking it the first thing that I noticed after a few weeks was just that I didn't need my midday nap anymore. Like I, I felt better and I didn't even realize it until later. And I was like, I haven't changed anything. And I was like, Oh wait, I have started taking my That's really interesting. And some other people report, like I was saying, better workouts, you know, longer workouts, better recovery from those workouts and that kind of thing. So subjectively, we're working on like publishing some of this subjective stuff, but I would say the primary realms in which we hear people's feedback is either in their exercise regimens, some sort of benefit there, better sleep. We've had more energy throughout the day. And especially for people who, you know, spend a lot of time on their feet and they have jobs that require them to be very active. People have said that they just kind of perform better throughout the day.
0: Nice. Yeah. I like that a lot. A lot of people really struggle with fatigue. And even myself, like earlier this week, I was like, why do I feel so tired? <laughs> and I think it's even for someone like me, who's like super into health and wellness on those days where I feel really tired. It's not like I'm like, Oh, I wonder what's happening with my mitochondria. Maybe it's sluggish. You know what I mean? Like it's it's such a far away thought that it's not my first thing that I think of. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it should be. So I guess the question is, is like, how do you know if maybe your mitochondria is not performing really how you want it to? Like, would it just be fatigue or like, are there other symptoms that can kind of come up?
1: I mean, there's plenty of system, of symptoms because I mean, the mitochondria really have a hand in just about everything that the body does. So it's really hard to pinpoint specific symptoms that are related to mitochondrial dysfunction unless there is a clinically relevant like testing done and there's a gene defect that shows mitochondrial defect like that, like those kinds of things. But dysfunctional mitochondria are kind of a part of just about every disease state that you can think of from diabetes to chronic heart failure to neuropathies to to just about everything. So For the everyday person, I would say, it's really hard to say that if you have this, you should take might appear. Like it's not, it's not like you said earlier, sometimes supplements get treated like Band-Aids. This isn't a Band-Aid. This is more of a lifetime maintenance option that you really don't know how it can benefit you until you try it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm glad you said that because it is really easy to just say like, oh, take this one thing and it's going to fix everything, right? Like people want a quick fix. And in my experience with the various health issues that I've had, there's no quick fixes for anything. It's really like daily healthy habits for a long period of time is like what makes success. And it would be the same with this, right? Like if you take it one day, that's great. But like, ideally you're going to want to be taking it for longer. So if someone were to start on this and like, maybe their symptom is fatigue, like how long do they need to be on it? And do you have to be on it for, I don't want to say for the rest of your life, but like, can you kind of cycle on and off of it? Maybe just depending on how you feel, like what are the general recommendations?
1: So the first part of that question, how long before you can expect to Feel or see results. The end point of our outcomes in the research has been the two month mark. So that's when we can definitively say we've seen improvements in muscular strength and endurance. But I will say anecdotally, a lot of people report feeling better subjectively anywhere from two weeks to four weeks. It's just, we just don't have hard clinical results to support that. But, you know, it's kind of like, when are you going to feel better? Probably four weeks. When are you going to see results? Probably eight weeks, that kind of a thing. I love the question of, is this a lifelong thing? Right now, we just don't know. Because we're working on longitudinal studies of supplementation with this. But again, it's it's a relatively new nutrient, right? It, it's only been on the market since 2020. So the research is much older than that. The research has been going on since about 2008, but we just we don't know. And cycling on and off, I hope we do some sort of periodization study, especially because I work in, you know, with athletes who have in-season and off-season and to get, you know, players to take pills in the off-season is a lot harder than during season. So, I want us to be able to do some sort of periodization, but right now the short answer is we don't know. I have my theories that I do think that some sort of cycling could be beneficial because you know it the way that the product works in general because it takes so long to kind of saturate the body and really see those effects in a meaningful way. The although the half life of yrliphine in the blood is only 24 hours so that's kind of why we say to try to take it at the same time every day so that you're just consistently trying to like up your levels until you get to the point of saturation. I do think that saturation eventually like lasts longer. So if you start taking it and you're taking it for six months or so, and then life happens and you're off it for a month or you want to see how you feel or whatever, fine, you know, go for it. Personally, I tried that and I think I was off of it for almost two months and I didn't feel any different. And some people will say, well, that means it's not working at all. And I was like, well, no, it actually just means that the effects are lasting. It's kind of like if you look into the creatine research, like once you saturate the muscle with creatine, depending on the person, creatine stays saturated in the muscle for a month past supplementation. You know, it just, it really depends person to person. So again, to sum it up, based on the research, I have no idea if periodization matters. Based off of my own anecdotal report, I don't think periodization necessarily matters if you want to take a month off go for it I would just say like get to a point of you've been on it for long enough to feel comfortable doing that and yeah just always like like with everything just based off of how you feel
0: yeah I like that a lot I think I think you can track your symptoms as well and kind of just make the decision for yourself regardless of maybe what the research might say which is like kind of what I do And yeah, maybe there are points in your life where it's more useful and more helpful versus other points. And it'll be exciting to kind of watch that develop as you guys do more research and and figure that out. I take your powder. I have the berry powder and I, I really like it because I just add it to my yogurt and it actually just tastes so good. So for me, it's a nice break from like taking a supplement just as like a capsule. And I know you also have those, but I really like that you came out with that because I find I incorporate it more because of that.
1: A hundred percent. And so many people say that. And I think it's so important because, you know, as a dietitian, I want people to eat food. I don't want people to just, you know, take pills to get their health. So the fact that we have food-based options. The berry powder I personally love. I put it in oatmeal with a little bit of peanut butter. So it's almost like a PB&J kind of vibe. You're right. It does just taste really good. The ginger flavor is incredible too. It actually has 800 milligrams of ginger in it, which is like basically a therapeutic level of ginger based on the research. So, so kind of that added bonus, but having multiple options really allows for the versatility of people's preferences and you know, travel and life. Cause when I'm on the road, I just take the pills. You know, it's a lot easier than having to go find yogurt or oatmeal somewhere.
0: Yeah. I love that. Can you freeze the powder and then consume it at another time? And I ask because I'm perfecting this like popsicle, healthy popsicle recipe sounds so ridiculous. And then the other day I was like, Oh, maybe I should put like the timeline nutrition, berry powder in the popsicle and just like blend it with the coconut yogurt and it'll be fine but then i i don't know if it's going to impact like how it acts in the body
1: you know what that's a good question i do know it's heat stable but i don't know if it's cold stable i will get back to you on that okay cool Very interesting question because but like theoretically yeah i think it would blend great with a yogurt in some sort of like a popsicle form but to the actual like Metabolism of the nutrient. I don't know if it's affected by freezing, so I will ask and get back to you.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think most things are more affected by heat than they are by cold. That kind of like denatures them. But I think, yeah, I guess we'll see what what your team says. And then you also came out with a line of skin products, which is so interesting. So I haven't tried them. Why did you do this? If we're kind of focusing on like mitochondria through like a supplement form, and now you have a skin line skincare line.
1: So I actually don't know whose idea it was first, like within the company. But basically what they figured out was, okay, so the skin is arguably the largest or the second largest organ that we have. If you put muscle above skin, it would be, skin would be second largest. And your skin have plenty of mitochondria. What we found was that urolithin A is actually absorbable through the skin. So in addition to having the nutrition products where you are targeting the mitochondria from the inside out, creating a skincare line allows us to attack the mitochondria from the outside in. Because the skin experiences so much damage throughout life, photo damage and environmental, whether it be air quality, like all those kinds of things do really affect our skin. So the skincare line was created I'll be honest, I use it every day. I love it. I think it, I bought it for my mother. It is, I, I think it's wonderful. And we actually, unlike most, if not all, no, definitely not all other skincare companies, but unlike most high end skincare companies, we actually have published research or are publishing research on our skincare products and its efficacy in photo aging and kind of those intrinsic and extrinsic aging factors that we see presented in the skin. So it's, It's been really interesting to see that process come along and see the products develop because again, they're very new, like you said, but personally, I love them. I've been using them for over a year and I kid you not, I've never gotten more compliments on my skin.
0: Wow. Okay. That makes me want to try it. (laughs) It was interesting when I was at the biohacking conference, I met your team and they had this, I didn't do it, but my friend did it. They had this thing on an iPad and they basically took a photo of your skin. And I think it was like showed what age your skin was. And it was so interesting. And looking back, I was like, oh, I should have done that because I would love to know kind of what my skin is and how it's aging. but. That's really cool. And I it makes sense when you understand it from that perspective. I think it's interesting to see scientific companies that like companies that are rooted in science create skincare is such a different way to go about it than the majority of skincare companies that are out there. That it's kind of just like lather this on top and now there's hydration. But it's like, okay, what's actually happening on a cellular level on your face when you're putting that on? You know what I mean?
1: A hundred percent. And it's so funny because our chief medical officer. So he's a, he's a trained immunologist. He's a medical doctor and a PhD. And he's, when we speak about the supplement space and then our nutrition products, when we started getting into the skin, he was like, if you think the nutrition supplement research world is the wild, wild West, then the skin is aliens. And it is just outer mm-hmm. space in terms of the regulations or lack thereof. And like the companies putting stuff out there. I mean, it's just so different than the consumable space. And to your point, that's the biggest reason I love this company and willing to work with them is just because it's a science first company and ethics is of highest priority always. So that's why I put so much trust in what we produce.
0: Yeah, that's... It's so interesting. I was actually, I mean, this is a side tangent, but I listened to this podcast a while ago and it's called like Science Versus, and it was Science Versus Skincare. And it explained how people get all of those stats on their skincare products that will say like 97% increase in hydration or whatever stat that the company will say. And it's basically just like they have a test population they use the product every single day for 3 weeks and then they send them a survey and the, and people will be like oh yeah like um, sure my skin feels more hydrated and then they just take that 97% and then they slap it on the bottle and apparently that helps like versus being like okay clinically this is actually shown and like just much more rigorous testing than a simple email survey that people are like low key paid to fill out it's just <laughs> it's just ridiculous like
1: no 100% the and I could go off on a whole tangent about the rules and restrictions, like all of that behind just what we see on labels in general, across food, across skincare, everything you really don't know. And you just take the word on the label as Bible and just keep moving. And it's just a, it's a wild, wild West. It really is. Yeah,
0: It really is. You really have to have like a sharp eye to understand products. And that's the same with supplements too. Like, there's so much, it's not greenwashing. It's just like natural, like all of these words that people throw out there. it's like, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like you have to read the ingredients.
1: hundred um, percent, Because all of that is just marketing. It's that's what those claims are marketing. And even I encourage people to even cr- like critique our products. If you really want to know, like look into our website, look into what it takes for us to say, clinically tested and approved and like all of these things be critical. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I think it's needed because both like supplements and skincare is so saturated. There's so many products on the market. And so we really have to be skeptical and, and really look at it. And yeah, it's honestly, it's really hard to know what to get and what not to get, but it's great to have podcasts like this, where we can dive in and be like, okay, this is how it actually works. And it's just super useful for people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think education and knowledge is power 100%.
0: Exactly. So if people want to connect with you and maybe read the research or follow you on social media, how can they do that? Sure.
1: As far as the research goes, I would recommend they go to timelinenutrition.com. There are a lot of really great blogs, as well as direct links to our published papers if people are so inclined. For me, I'm not huge on social media. I have a personal Instagram. It's at Emily Werner, W-E-R-N-E-R, 34. Uh, I'm currently working on a website and whatnot. But like I said, my everyday job is a sports dietitian. I'm still trying to get into more of this this kind of a space. But people are more than welcome to hit me up on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me, Emily Werner. I would say those are probably the two primary ways.
0: Amazing. I will put all of that in the show notes and on my website. So people can find you and connect with time nutrition maybe check out their products and their skincare line. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was great. And I know my audience definitely got a lot out of it.
1: You're welcome. And happy upcoming birthday.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.